How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined for by you guys on a Tuesday, September 27th, 2022, by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people, man. Glad to be back for another week of, uh, of going through some sports topics. Yeah, guys, you know, we feel like it's finally that point in the season that it's necessary that we have an actual podcast where we're not just talking about betting. You know, we wanted to let everything really marinate a little bit rather than jumping to early conclusions. So this is what we got today. Um, so we're going to start things off and we're going to go give you all a little recap of how our bets went over the weekend. Then after that, we are going to jump into some of our observations like we typically have done at the beginning of the picks podcast. And then after that, we are last but not least going to finish things off with revisiting some of our predictions. And look, guys, there's definitely a prediction that I look like a total idiot on. And there's definitely at least one that Ben does as well. So, oh, you know, yeah. we, it, it's going to be fun to sit here and laugh at ourselves a little bit, guys. That's what you got to do. But there's also some predictions that we look like absolute geniuses on. So anyway, Ben, let's uh, go ahead and start things out. How did the boys do last weekend? And what's our overall record on the season? A uh, little bit of a down week. Um, but that's okay. It happens. Last week we were both on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we'll start in college. You went one, two, and one. I'll give you some time if you want to talk about your Arkansas push real quick. It was and I I'll talk about the Washington State Washington State hit that I had, but yeah, guys, you know, um, I had some tough luck actually in college football. I know I didn't give out on this podcast the Alabama over, but I lost that one by half a point. That was absolutely brutal. I mean, I thought Vandy for sure could get me more than three points. Um, on top of that one, I did give out Tennessee on here, and Tennessee had the ball fourth down or third down and one and got a false start, and that ended up being the reason why that they did not end up covering. That was a At tough home. one to swallow. I was actually rooting for Florida to score a touchdown on that last drive. Just since if you're not going to cover, then I hope you lose outright. Um, and yeah, Arkansas really sucked, you know, that fumble at the two yard line, they got returned 98 yards for a touchdown. I mean, that's just absolutely soul crushing at the end of the day. At least I had plus two, but I mean, that just sucks, man, to lose like that. And then the field goal just doinks off the, I've never seen that before, by the way, where the field goal hits off the top of the post. Like, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that just all around sucks. So pretty shitty way to to go one three and one on the week i mean the cardinals was i mean the cardinals one, did have one. some life it went, yeah one two and one i mean on the week so yeah it's kickers kickers had a bad week in the nfl too um but yeah i mean washington state i'll just recap it real quick i went three and one in college on the podcast washington state i i deserve to win that game but i i also got very lucky um so washington state was up by 12 i believe with just a couple of minutes left in the game. Um, Oregon scores a touchdown. They get the ball back. It, uh, Washington State goes three and out. Oregon got the ball back in like less than 40 seconds. They wasted no time. And uh, scored another t- touchdown to take the lead in the game. And then Washington State, on the second play of their drive, throws a screen pass, and the defensive end jumps up and returns it for a pick six. They scored three touchdowns in like under two minutes. It was ridiculous. Um I was just losing my brain. I was just like, how did this happen? And then Washington State throws an absolute missile down the field where it's tipped off the defender's hands, tipped off the wide receiver's hands, and it just falls into the wide receiver's lap at the half-yard line. Thankfully, in college football, the clock stops if you get a first down. 
Washington State doesn't, they only do shotgun plays. So they don't do uh, snap the ball under center, which is just insane. But their quarterback's kind of small. And they ended up getting in the end zone. I covered. If you had Washington State money line, you deserve better than that. But anyway, college, uh, you went one, two, and one. I went three and one in the NFL. Wait, I just uh, want to say this Owen. real quick. I just want to say this real quick, Ben. But what Ben said doesn't do this justice. How absurd of a game this was! I actually didn't watch any of the game, but I did watch Bad Beats with Scott Van Pelt and the Bear. You gotta watch and, it. Yeah, and it's even more absurd too. They're like at a wedding, watching it on their phone. Literally, Oregon's touchdowns too was like Bo Nix like throwing like fifty plus yard touchdown passes in like a matter yeah. of like forty five seconds. It's it's absurd. Honestly, it's, that is one of the most absurd like finishes to a game I've seen. It's probably this season. The story on Bad Beats is incredible. I, I agree yeah. with uh, Thomas. You have to just go watch it. Stanford Steve and Scott Van Pelt at a wedding. <laughs> Someone gives word to Scott Van Pelt that he's on the bad side of the bad beat. Stanford Steve pulls out his phone at the wedding reception. I think he said the. I think he said the father of the bride was going over his speech or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it, Scott Van Pelt's and probably too. Everybody at the wedding is staring at them too, since these guys are probably the two most well-known people there. They're just to top it all off, <laughs> probably. NFL was rough. Zero and one for you, um, and zero and two for me. Like I said, I wasn't that confident looking at the games on the podcast, but I, I you know, I tried my best and I swung and missed. So zero and three from us, but still positive on the year in total for NFL and college. Um, we're 26, 21 and two. It's still positive. It's still pretty good. And, uh, we'll have a bounce back week. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say this to you guys. It's a little more tough to pick the games on Wednesday because I actually did. Especially this week. Yeah, exactly. I ended up doing pretty well on the NFL, though, overall in the week. I was three and two. I was cashed two out of my three max bets, too. So, you know, it was a pretty solid week, honestly, in the NFL on that. But I miss, of course, I lost the Cardinals, which was the one losing max bet. But hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and this week it's tough because, uh, unfortunately, there's a hurricane that's uh, going to hit a decent amount of Florida, and it could hit um, Atlanta a little bit with just heavy rain, and then it could hit the coast. So it, it's tough to play games early this week, especially mm-hmm. totals, because uh, we don't know what games are getting canceled. Some games might move locations. The MLB is thinking about moving the biggest series of the year for the Atlanta Braves out of Atlanta versus the Mets and into um, Arlington where the Rangers play. So, you know, it, if you're not confident in the game, I'd probably stay off it this week because the weather is just insane. So obviously if you live in Florida, stay safe. Yeah. They actually already moved South Carolina and South Carolina state to a uh, Thursday. So that one already got moved. Yeah, the Carolina is supposed to get pretty hard, hit hard too. I would think the whole East coast stretching from about like new Orleans, Mississippi, um, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, the Carolinas, Virginia, maybe Pennsylvania, all those states are, I mean, look at me in bed, man. We're meteorologists now, but, um, yeah, you know, Hey, and I will say it's this like guy, the one, it's the one job you can kind of lie and keep your job. Yeah. Being a meteorologist, unlike gambling is the one job where you can have your job and be wrong 90% of the time. But, um, yeah, so, you know, it's definitely gonna be an interesting week. I haven't really played anything yet, but I'm definitely gonna try to keep that in mind going into the week. But, um, Overall, Ben, I think we're going to get back on track and have a good week this week. Um, let's go into some observations from the week it was. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, if you don't know the name, get to know the name. Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels. That's L-O-N, not an E-N. He is a stud. If you haven't mm-hmm. watched this kid play, he is a stud. And I'm looking at the line this week. They're home, and they're plus three. I swear they were favorites in the beginning of this game, 
I thought they were favorites and now they're plus three. So something happened in this game. I got to do more research on it. I'm not just going to blindly bet Kansas, but they're one of the greatest stories of the college football season. If this quarterback is playing, I'm probably betting Kansas. They're home dogs to Iowa State. I feel like that's very disrespectful. It's also disrespectful. Kansas is not ranked. Just my opinion. Yeah, let's be. Yeah, I mean, Kansas should definitely be ranked. Let's be honest. All right. This is a note to self, but I feel like I'm sharing it with everyone um, because there are times where I've texted you and, and our good friend Cody about a bet. And I'm like, I didn't end up taking it. Cody's like, I took it. And it hit. Cody's like, go with your gut. So he's right. Note to self. You and I both said Baylor was the better team last week. And I didn't play them. Did you play Baylor last week? Um, I actually did not like an idiot. Yeah, and they rolled over Iowa State, just like you and I had original discussions. I think we were talking on like Tuesday of last week. We both liked Baylor, saw them as underdogs. I didn't play it. I'm going with my gut from now on. Sam Hartman put on an absolute performance against kind of a bad secondary for Clemson, but it's still a great performance for him. Uh, um, program high six touchdowns in a single game. Let me ask you this. They're the same height, and this is why I think the comparison's fair. Is there much of a difference between Sam Hartman and Sam Howell? Hmm. They're both six foot one, which is considered on the shorter side for an yeah. NFL quarterback. I mean, no, they're both pretty mobile. I would say, I'd say that's a pretty accurate comparison. I don't know how Sam Hartman's going to fare in the NFL, even though Sam Howell dominated preseason football for whatever that's worth, but he has dominated college football. Just his air raid attack. Wake Forest is a weird offense, but it works. They can put up a lot of points. On the flip side of that, DJ Uangalele for Clemson played really well. He might have had one of his better games he's had in college. He threw – hold on. It's not It's not the stats. You can go into the stats. His completion percentage was not Sam Hartman's. He threw some of the most clutch passes I've seen out of him in his two years of starting now. Um, I thought that was a really resilient win by Clemson. I really did. They, they had someone missing from that game um, on their defense, and then they lost a cornerback mid-game. Like, their defense is not playing well, but – DJ is starting to get some confidence in him. I'm curious to see what he does this week. Um, and Will Shipley is just a monster on the ground for Clemson. Like, I mean, he was like a five-star running back. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from DJ compared to what last year. Like, he he definitely is improving. Oh, I think improving is the right word. I mean, this is a Clemson or a Wake Forest team that still gave up 36 points the week before to Liberty, and they gave up 25 to Vandy, who could do absolutely nothing against Alabama this week. I personally think Wake's defense is pretty bad, but, you know, I mean, he they couldn't do anything. But he Georgia gets the Tech, test. So. But now he gets the college game day test at home against a good defense against NC State. So yeah. he plays well there, and the less chances you see Kate Klubnik uh, if he plays well again. He, he really did throw some clutch passes. If he plays well against NC State, I will issue a public apology to DJ. That's also 14 consecutive wins for Clemson against Wake Forest. Um, that's that's a beatdown in an, in an ACC rivalry. Um, what whoa, did I text whoa, whoa, you whoa. earlier? You got to win a few times to call it a rivalry, Ben. That's true. Uh, what did I text you earlier? NC State's trying to beat a top five team for the first time in 48 years, I think the yes. stat was. Yeah, something crazy. Like we'll that. talk about that more on Saturday, but. Uh, for the people that 
NC State beat Clemson last year, but Clemson was not top five. They lost yep. to Georgia and got bounced. Um, yeah, even I just forgot a that. There. Um, new coach, same Oklahoma Sooners. They still mm. lose a game that they're not supposed to lose to at home. They were 13 and a half point favorites. I think Kansas State is a pretty good football team. I really do. You and I thought, I think you and I both called them the dark horse to win that conference. Yep. Um, Adrian Martinez probably had the best game of his entire college career, which is like seven years at this point. He looked tremendous. <laughs> this, and here's what you and I talked about preseason when we did the Big 12. The uh, offensive coordinator a quarterback's coach for Kansas State is Colin Klein. Didn't Adrian Martinez kind of play like Colin Klein last week with his legs? He ran all over Oklahoma, and he made a lot of clutch pass, passes, and the, they look good. Dylan Gabriel did not look great against the Blitz last week. I'm curious to see how that looks going forward because there are some pretty good defenses in the Big 12. Texas has, a, Texas has a great defense. I don't know if people are paying enough attention to that because a lot of their focus gets – Talked about their quarterback and Sark, who's an offensive guy. Their defense is great, and Baylor's defense is really good. Iowa State's defense is pretty good, so mm-hmm. it's interesting to see where Oklahoma kind of goes from here. Uh, but new coach, same same kind of story overall. Speaking yep. of Texas, wait, 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 wait. I want to say something on Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez kind of also got the big fu to Nebraska as well because Nebraska just got the dog yeah. shit beat out of him by Oklahoma the week before. And then Adrian Martinez turns around, puts up these Love numbers. A- Adrian Martinez looked like Lamar Jackson out there. He was absolutely <laughs> bawling. I was on a bachelor party with an Oklahoma fan, and sitting there watching his reactions was actually so funny. He was so mad. He's like, this guy sucks. He's terrible. It was. It honestly made watching the game that much funnier. Texas. They're 7-9 and nine under Steve Sarkeesian. I don't think that's worth blowing up over. Um, last year – Compared to this year's roster, they have a lot of overturn. You can tell they kind of just kicked a lot of players out. Here's what I'm interested in. They're seven and nine, so that means nine losses. They've held a halftime lead in five of those nine losses. They held a fourth quarter lead in five of those nine losses. And they've held a double-digit lead at some point in the game in four out of those nine losses. Mm -mm. That's not trending in the right direction. You can talk all you want about we got to finish better. You got to do it before you can just preach it over and over each week. Those are tough stats to swallow, in my opinion. That's just me. Um, we don't really need to go to Arkansas again. I just think that's a that was a tough loss. And then now they get Alabama at home. I'm curious to see if they lose in a close game. I think that's that's great news for us. Obviously you don't want to lose, but if they get blown out at home, it starts to become a snowball effect. And the sec West, if you're going to get on a roll of losses, it's not a place to be. You start to find yourself losing to a team, like maybe like LSU, a team that Arkansas could probably beat this year. Maybe Auburn catches someone by surprise. Like whoa, whoa, you don't whoa. want the stroke. You don't want the, well, I mean, if, if it's in Auburn, you get the Auburn magic. Um, yeah. The Auburn magic so, was really real this week. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, don't let it snowball if you're Arkansas. Obviously, I'm hoping Alabama wins, but um, we can move on from there. Let's talk um, about Miami real quick. Wait, I, 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 yeah, yeah, this is a, this will be the perfect segue here, real quick. Um, I also want to say this about Texas A&M. Y'all know a stat I've been throwing out is your overall PFF grade as a team. Texas A&M yeah. went from being ranked in the 90s, like I said on the podcast last week. They're now ranked 112th, and that's after beating their second straight top 10 ranked opponent. That they went to 112th, Ben. 
that is awful. That's over. That's overall, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not, not trending in the right direction. And that's also with improved quarterback play because he can run, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami. Oof. They just paid Middle Tennessee State $1.5 million to get their ass handed to them at home. Oof. It's tough if you're crystal ball. Um, I, I don't. I haven't said this on the podcast before. I've, I've talked about this before, though. It's kind of ridiculous Miami doesn't have their own stadium. So I was listening to someone on ESPN. I'm, I can't remember who it was, but it was someone that was very familiar. I think he went to Miami. And he said Tyler Van Dyke was talking about how it takes, like, 25 minutes for them to get from campus on a bus to their stadium. And the ESPN guy was laughing. He said, yeah, that's because you're used to a police escort. For fans, it's taken over 30 minutes. So students don't always show up. That's why the stadium's not always that loud. Just build like a 40, build like a smaller stadium, build like a 40, 45,000 seat stadium on campus. And then when you play like your huge games, like if Notre Dame or like Florida State, that's a huge Mm -hmm. rivalry against Miami. Play that one in the bigger stadium where the Dolphins play. I think it's, you know, Miami has the money for it. So I think that's something they should look into. They probably won't do it, but it's pretty embarrassing to call yourself a top brand in college football and no one show up at your games. No, it's kind of tough. Well, I'm 100%. Um, you know what? I'll save my uh, Miami comments for when that we get to the part of the show where that uh, some idiot gets ripped for uh, taking Miami to go to the Final Four. <laughs> anyway, continue. The, la- the last one, this is the NFL, because I know you want to talk about the NFL as well, is we're three weeks into the season, and the AFC West is not what anyone thought it was going to be. Everyone has a loss at this point. The Raiders are the only winless team at this point, and that's bringing in Devontae Adams. That's signing Darren Waller to a contract extension. They did miss Hunter Renfro last week, but still, they're winless. And the three teams that have beaten them only have one win. Kind of tough to swallow if you're the Raiders. They're in a must-win situation. I think their season's kind of over at this point. Chargers, I'm worried about them because – I don't know how healthy Herbert is. I know he's not 100%. I don't know how quickly he's going to get back to 100%. So they can't win without him. They really can't. Keenan Allen's already been hurt this year, not to mention they just lost offensive tackle blank Ronnie Stanley. Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater, thank you. He's going to be out for the year, I think I saw. Yep. And they just lost um, wide receiver Michael Guyton. Is that his name? Uh, Derry. Is it Darius? It's Darius guy. It's something guy. It's he's like their third or fourth receiver, yeah. probably one behind Josh Palmer. He's now out for the year, which and the only reason to bring that up is because if Keenan Allen gets hurt again this season or Mike Williams, who's gotten hurt at some point of his, they're a little thin at the wide receiver with a hurt Herbert. That makes it tougher. For some reason, they won't hand the ball off to Austin Eckler. I don't know why they won't use Eckler, but I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, overrated? Is that the right word for the AFC West? Or just, oh, the Broncos. I mean, my God, the Broncos. They're two and one somehow. They should be, they could be three and oh, and they could easily be on three. <laughs> yeah, pretty high variance there with Denver. Um, I don't know if I think overrated is necessarily the right word. I mean, Kansas City went toe to toe with, I mean, uh, the Chargers went toe to toe with Kansas City in that game. The game really could have gone either way. I think that was week, before the Herbert injury. I think this week there was a lot of distractions and stuff. Um, 
I don't know, honestly. I, w- I don't want to jump to any conclusions just yet because Herbert was hurt this week with the Chargers, but I'm starting to think that Brandon Staley might have to go. But, um, I mean, because, like, I mean, the fact they didn't hand the ball off to Eckler and the fact they didn't gr- try to ground and pound was just stupid, in my opinion. I mean, I know that they had injuries on the O-line, but still, it just came kind of stupid, in my opinion, just the whole and game. They have plan. two good running backs. And, like, I mean, Justin Jackson's a fine backup. Yeah, and same thing with Isaiah Spiller. He's a solid guy, too. And they have Joshua Kelly. Like, they have they have bodies in the backfield that they can give the ball to. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, part of me thinks that – see, like, I respect Herbert for the fact that he wanted to stay in there and play still, you know, when he's banged up. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, do you really think that Justin Herbert is the guy that he is, is just going to quit on his team? No, he's not going to send him that message. He's not an idiot. But I look yeah. at Brandon Staley as you are the idiot. Like, you're the head coach. Like, you tell Justin Herbert you're not going back in the game, and he says, well, I want to go in and play still. And you say, okay, well, I don't care. I'm the head coach. You're not going back in. You know what I mean? Like – Nobody's going to challenge you. I think there was a point in the game where they were getting blown out and Herbert just shouldn't been in there. I mean, he wasn't taking hits really, but if the game's over, like, and he hasn't done anything up to that point, just take him out. I mean, yeah. And they even said in the press conference, like that they at, like he, the coach said that he specifically asked Herbert if he wanted to come out and he said, no, I want to stay in with my guys. Like I get it, but you're the head coach. You tell, you go over there and you don't ask him, you tell him, your day is done. We'll live to fight another day. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's stupid in my opinion. Like, I get it. Herbert's not going to want to come out. He's a leader, you know? Like, that's what leaders do is they lead by example. And that's what Herbert was trying to do. Like, I respect Herbert for it. But total idiotic move by Brandon Staley. Um, the Raiders, though, I mean, let's be honest, Ben. When we went through their roster, we just kind of both agreed that we thought the roster, yeah, they got Devontae Adams, but they had no offensive line and they had lost some talent. I mean, quite frankly, the Raiders played a, a lot tough- of talent. Yeah, a ton of talent. I mean, they played a tough schedule. I mean, they had to play the Chargers and the Cardinals back-to-back weeks, and then, I mean, the Titans were desperate with their back against the wall, and they just wanted it more than they did, and the Raiders took too long to get it going. I mean, that's that's just the way it goes sometimes in the NFL, you know, when you play that hard schedule. I mean, we both kind of predicted that you took the Raiders on to make the playoffs, right? I took the Raiders. Um, I think we both had I them think- out. You had Denver in the playoffs, I know. I did have Denver in the playoffs, yeah. Call me crazy. I don't want to write off Denver because – I don't want to write off Denver because it's a new coach. And, like, look – I did have them missing I, – I had them missing the playoffs. You're correct. Yeah, so we both had them missing the playoffs. So, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. But I didn't, the expect, Raiders. I didn't expect this. I mean – Yeah, I mean – Because 0-3 is one thing. But when the three teams that beaten you only have one win, that makes your 0-3 look even worse to me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, the Cardinals have looked bad, man. The Cardinals have looked bad. But Titans, I mean, I mean, they haven't looked great. Yeah, I mean, the Titans haven't looked good either. But I mean, I I don't know. I was never high on the Raiders, so I'm not that surprised this happened to them. But I mean, with the Broncos though, like part of me says like from what I've seen on the field, it just looks absolutely terrible. Then another part of me just feels like, you know, the more time like they can get these things down and correct them, and, like, they even brought in a clock management coach to try to help out Hackett. Like, I was like how the fact that they were proactive by going ahead and doing it. But then the flip side of things, they still should have punted that ball away down five when they were in borderline field goal range. I mean, the, the analytics said that they should go for that on fourth down or kick the field goal. Both those were over, I think, like, were over 10% higher probabilities for them than punting the ball away. So, I mean, it almost didn't even make any sense what they did after they tried to correct the problem. But, I mean, hey. 
the end of the day, man, they're two and one. You know, you could look like the Falcons where you look great in all three games and be one and two, or you could be two and one like they are. Yeah, I just it's weird. It's a weird their defense is very good. It definitely is. Um, I will say though, this is my first observation from the NFL, Ben. I'm ready to go ahead and say, man, that Russell Wilson contract is going to be one, if not this year, next year, that is probably the worst contract in the league given out to any quarterback. I mean, I was a little skeptical. I remember on on our podcast, I was a little skeptical of Russell Wilson saying that I thought that uh, he had regressed a little bit. I want to see what he could do. But, I mean, the other telltale sign on the flip side of things is look at the Seahawks. They've thrown the ball more without Russell Wilson, with Geno Smith in their quarterback, than they did – did with him in there. Now you could say maybe the game script dictates that, but at the same time, Russell Wilson wanted to throw the ball more and they wouldn't do it. So, I mean, I trust Pete Carroll. He's a smart coach. I think the Cardinals Kyler contract could look bad in a couple of years as well. I don't know. I'm not ready to write them off just yet. I think when they get D hop back, we'll see a different story. Cause at the end of the day, they don't have D hop. AJ green was out for most of that game. Rondell Moore still hasn't even played in a game yet. I mean, Greg Dorch is an undrafted journeyman from wake forest. I mean, he's talented. He's played well, but I mean, he's not exactly the guy that you expect to have in there. I'm I'm not quite ready real quick to go ahead and uh, write the right off the Cardinals. No, um, I'm not writing him off, but I do think he's going to have a new coach fairly soon because I have them missing the playoffs. I think Kingsbury's gone after that. And, like, sure, Stafford and the Rams mm-hmm. run the division now. Stafford's getting a little older. I don't know if Kyler's the guy to win a division, like to be the guy in the division mm-hmm. and be Super Bowl contenders. I I don't know. I think he's very talented. I, he doesn't – he looks bad in some games, and it's not all on Kingsbury. Well, like yeah. you said, he's missing, he's missing top weapons. But, I mean, I like to look also back at it last year, you know, when they he was – before he got injured and they had D-Hop in there, I mean, this was arguably the best team in the entire NFL. I also think their defense regressed a little bit. So, I don't know, man. Honestly, I would t- still take a flyer on Kyler. He's still young. I still think he's really talented. I mean, Trent Dilfer says this guy's one of the best quarter, uh, quarterbacks he's seen. I mean, the plays he makes – I will say this though about the Cardinals offense. This was also one of my uh, observations. I even texted you this. They're that over-aggressive friend. I know all of us who play video games have that over-aggressive friend that plays Madden who the second the ball is spiked or is hiked instantly starts running around with their quarterback, like goes for it on fourth down and seven from their own 20. That's what the Cardinals offense looks like in these games. And also the Cardinals have gotten off to really slow starts, but I'll get into that more on uh, the betting someone podcast. Said on, I might be trying to take advantage of that. Someone said on Twitter, Kyler Murray's that toddler that steals something he's not supposed to and runs away. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, my next observation is I would still rather have Trey Lance than Jimmy G. I mean, I don't really care about all this stat stuff you want to throw out there. I mean, watching that game last night or on Saturday night, I mean, Jimmy G looks lost out there. That was some of the I mean, that was just an all around awful, miserable game to watch. But I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo, you have a set ceiling rather than Trey Lance. You really don't know what you're going to get out of him in the game. I still think no matter what happens this season, he's going to have a chance to play quarterback again in San Francisco. Um, I, I don't like flat out disagree. I just don't think I've seen, we haven't, the best ability is, I mean, what, what's that, what's that saying? The best, yeah, the best ability is availability. And Trey Lance has not really been available. He was available um, last he, year though. He was, but Jimmy G gave the 49ers no reason to not play him. I mean, Facts. I think it's a game. Like I think it was a bad game for Jimmy G. Um, I don't think that's the Jimmy G that is going to play every single week, obviously. 
you know, they play, they have a tough opponent this week. Don't they play the Rams? Yes, on uh, yeah, Monday like, night. On Monday night football. Yeah. I like that's a game where, and I'll just say it now, you already know the stat. I think most people do. Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. Like that's a team that Jimmy G should be very comfortable playing against because he plays obviously plays him twice mm-hmm. a year and he's had success with winning games against them. So if he looks really bad there, then I'll start to get a little worried, but not too yet. I'm still picking Jimmy G over Trey Lance. I, I, I agree with you. Like the upside is like like you know what you're getting out of Jimmy G most games. The like Trey Lance is way more upside. Forget like he's way younger. Mm-hmm. He can just he's mobile. Being a mobile quarterback gives you more options. No, I, I do I do agree with you on that. So, I mean, we'll see how things play out in Arizona. Who knows? Last observation I have before we get real quick to where we go over some of our uh, favorite and least favorite predictions so far. It, I got a big smile on my face saying this one. People really thought the New Orleans Saints, led by Jameis Winston, were going to come out and be a dark horse to win the division and make the playoffs. Give me a freaking break. I don't care if Jameis is playing with injuries or whatnot. This team should be 0-3 right now, Ben. Falcons should have beaten them in Atlanta. It makes me sick the fact we didn't. They looked absolutely awful last week against Carolina. Yeah, a lot of these look good. That's about it. Alvin Kamara looks washed. He can do nothing right now. As predicted oh, he's by on me, my also, fantasy team. this Saints team, hot garbage. Chalk it up. Yeah. I'll get into it on on the predictions. I have one good one and and two bad ones. All right, let's go ahead and get it out of the way, Ben. It is prediction time. I'm ready for it. Yes, I picked Tyler Van Dyke to win the Heisman Trophy. Yes, I picked Miami to uh, go to the college football playoff. Go ahead. Let me hear it. I think it – I mean, it's it's easy to say that's awful now. Cristobal is a coach. I think I tried to tell you this, and and you you were all in on Miami, which happens a lot. You weren't the only one. A lot of people were. Cristobal is a coach that he he's going to have to prove it before I trust him. He ha- had some very talented teams at Oregon that he fell short on, and he had some not so talented teams that he won the Rose Bowl with. Um. Like you looking at Herbert now, I think you were like, he should have been in a playoff game with Herbert. Mm-hmm. Should have been competing for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, like Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, he is a he's an older quarterback. He's got experience. Um, I think the problem with Miami, I actually somewhat know this firsthand being an Alabama fan. And there's a little bit of a gap that proves me wrong, but but Josh Gaddis was brought in from Michigan to be their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Josh Gaddis was kicked out of Alabama by Nick Saban for the most part. You won't really find articles on there. At, I, I know people that work in the Alabama football program or did when, when I was in college, Nick Saban didn't really want him. He wanted to be the offensive coordinator. Nick Saban wanted someone else and Gaddis left. Like he wasn't great at um, Michigan his first couple of years. And then last year, he they obviously made the playoff. Their their team looked great. They had a lot of talent on Michigan's offensive line last year. And I don't think their play calling is very creative. They just line it up and run the ball against you. I don't know. Like, he went to Miami, and they're mm-hmm. going to try to spread the ball out a little bit more because Van Dyke can do that compared to the Michigan quarterbacks. It looks ugly. Like, their offense looks ugly. I don't know if he's the right person to call plays for school like this, but he's he's not going to get fired this year. So we'll see what they do, what they, he does going forward. Yeah, this is where I want to jump in. 
I I actually am very glad you said that because I was about to kind of say the same thing with Gaddis. That Michigan offense looked terrible, but he was trying to run like some sort of spread offense. You know what I mean? When he actually went to what Michigan does where they just ground and pound the ball, that was when the offense actually looked well. And I mean, look at Miami. How they beat Ohio State. Exactly. They bullied Ohio State. Exactly. You're like Rhett Lashley. He spread the ball out and used Van Dyke well. I mean, Mario, you hit the nail on the head, man. He misused Justin Herbert. This is the exact same thing uh, thing here. I do not think Tyler Van Dyke's a bad quarterback. He did get benched, but that was not his fault. These wide receivers played terrible. I mean, you'll watch them drop ball after ball after ball last week against Texas A&M. It's all the same shit. I mean, I think Cristobal had the same problem that we kind of saw with Texas. You know, Texas played a close – that Texas had last year with Sark. They played a close game. They came up short. Then they let their season spiral downhill after that. Miami just did the exact same thing again. And look, I think it's Cristobal's fault. Nobody's going to lose their job here. I mean, it's your first year at a new program. But, like, we should have seen it coming, Ben. We should have. I got a question for you in the ACC this week. So, NC State plays Clemson this week. Yeah. If you think – if you were a person, let's say you, for example, if you think NC State can win that game, Shouldn't you ignore NC State money line and just take NC State to win the ACC? It's like plus three fifty, I think, to win the ACC, mm-hmm. and for the game, it's like plus one something, I believe. Dang, that's a because lot. if they if they win today, mm-hmm. I know that Florida State is still undefeated, and that's great. But it, I would imagine most people don't believe in Florida State to win the ACC over NC State, I don't. and if NC State beats Clemson. Whoever NC State plays, I think they're the favorite in the ACC championship, which means you lose value if you don't get it now. I think that's interesting. I do like your, I do like exactly what you said there, and that is a great find by Ben Hord. So I can tell is is transforming as a gambler right there. The fact that he knows to go look at the secondary market because he gets better odds on something like that. Give him a little clap right there, guys. But um, I'm, no, I'm I, not taking it. Because I'm on the side of – I believe I'm going to be on the side of Clemson this week. Okay. Um, whether I take it or not, I think Clemson can just win this game. I'll, I'll get into it on Friday yeah. but uh, or Thursday or whenever we record. Well, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%, yeah. Ben. Um, yeah. Any... Well, you could take both if you're that much of a believer. I just don't think you want to lose both. No, exactly. Um, I want to go ahead and say this for college football. I still stand by my Utah to make the Final Four prediction. I don't think that we need to get into that one that much. I did have them no, losing to Florida. I have them too. Yeah, and I said they would lose to Florida, so everything's still in line with what I thought I saw. Ben, is there any other college football prediction you think we need to talk about before we go to our NFL? Uh, Let's go to the NFL. Let's do it. All right, guys. After a brief time shift, we are back once again, and now we're going to talk about our NFL predictions. Ben, we'll let you go first. I had – I mean, it's ugly. It's really ugly. I had Russell Wilson as the MVP. Just puked in my mouth. I had Brandon Staley as the coach of the year, the Chargers coach. Brandon Staley, coach of the year, is not dead. Sure. It definitely is like floating in the water after its legs have been eaten by a shark, but it's not dead. (laughs) (laughs) I had the one that the one that could absolutely happen is offensive rookie of the year. I said Chris Alave. He is outstanding so far in the season. I also had Jameis Winston as comeback player of the year. Um, that probably is not happening. He's had some bad games, but apparently he's, man, he's a broken back like four different places, but the doctors told him it can't get worse. 
I don't know wh- how that makes sense, but they know yeah. more than I do. No, that's like I was reading a report on Herbert's ribs, and they were saying that basically they can't get worse, but he's just can have pain, which doesn't make any sense either. But I mean, we're not doctors, so uh, they probably shoot him up before the games with with something, and he can play pain free for however long it lasts, and then when it wears off, he's probably in a lot of pain. Hmm. Yeah, I mean Russell Wilson as my MVP is was something. I, I've actually turned. I've I've done a completely 180 on Russ. Um, I'm in the anti-Russ crowd. I I don't want to say I hate him, but I I very much dislike Russell Wilson as the social media um, person and the football player. I don't know about his personal life. I'm sure he's a nice dude. I don't like him on social media. Actually, I hate him on social media, and I dislike him as a football player. I don't like him on social media and stuff because I don't think he's a genuine guy. You know what I mean? Like, I just have a hard time believing if if he is truly that genuine, then he's the corniest person on the freaking planet is all I got to say about so that. So corny. Yeah, like there's no way he's that. There's no way that Sierra married him if he's that corny. I just don't believe that for one second. The thing I would say about Russell Wilson is like, part of me in that game says that like, there's certain points in time where they didn't give him any blocking, you know? Then there were certain parts of the game where I was thinking, like, you know, the running backs played terrible. But I just think it's a combination of everything. You know what I mean? Like, Russell Wilson did miss a lot of throws. You know what it goes back to? What? We talked about this in week after week one, after they looked horrible in week one on national television against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. They have a new coach who's never been a head coach before. They have a quarterback who's never played with any of his offensive weapons before. And they all decided that preseason they were too good for. They have no chemistry on this offense there was a route where jerry judy broke in and mm-hmm. russell wilson threw it out wide and they're looking at each other with their hands up like why did you go in why did you throw it out there's nothing there there's no connection mm-hmm. there you can and they had these reports where like they all showed up to russell wilson's house for like three days or a week whatever and they were running routes together that's not a game preseason is as close to a regular game as you're gonna have that's why they have preseason I mean, look at Kansas City, look at the Eagles, look at the Bills. All these teams are dominating, and these teams didn't say they were too good for preseason. I mean, even the Falcons, like we even played our starters some draw. Like all the teams. We had to. I feel like we had a quarterback competition. (laughs) No, for sure. But I mean, all basically all the teams that actually played players in the preseason look good for the most part. The Bengals did not. And look at them. Exactly. There was a couple of teams we talked about. If you go back to our week after week one NFL mm-hmm. recap, there was I there was a couple of teams. There was like four or five teams, and they all didn't look good. And after two weeks, I, um, the Packers, correct. New wide receivers. They didn't feel like it was well, not always new. Like they saw Randall Cobb and the tight end, and but yeah, I mean these rookie receivers had never caught a ball from Aaron Rodgers before in a game, and he, Aaron Rodgers demands a lot out of you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. I mean, it's you got to play the starters in the preseason, you know, man. Like, I feel like when at you least don't, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, any other NFL predictions you want to talk about before I get to mine? Um, who did you have winning the AFC South? Uh, I said the Buccaneers or the AFC South. No, sorry, AFC, yeah. Um. I had, you have the Colts? Yeah, I had the Colts. And look, I'm not ready to write the Colts off just yet. I think beating Kansas no, City. No, I'm not be, either. Yeah, see, yeah I, I'm not there, either. There's a lot of predictions that I'm looking at here, you know, that like I think really the only prediction that I've had so far, obviously like our hot takes, like, yeah, I mean, I said Anthony Richardson could win the Heisman and jump everybody in draft picks. I said it was an extremely hot take. I would not put a dollar on 
it's just something that could happen. And I said he could just as easily be playing tight end by the by week twelve, which it's looking a lot more likely at this point that he'll be playing tight end. But I think uh, I've been. Is there a team you've been the most disappointed with so far in the season in the NFL? The team I've been the most obviously disappointed the, the with? cold. I mean the Colts you could put up there, but. I would say the Col- – in order, I would say the Colts I'm disappointed with. I mean, look, I was low on the Raiders, but, I mean, starting 0-3. Yeah. I think Arizona. You Bengals. Know, I gave out those – actually, no, Bengals. Bengals for sure. I think I'm the most disappointed because, I mean, the Bengals, their first two losses, I mean, we're just – I mean, they lost to the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. That was inexcusable. I mean, week one – And Trubisky. Yeah, they lost to Trubisky and Cooper Rush. I don't think anybody's lost to, like, two worst starting quarterbacks in the league than Trubisky and Cooper Rush. I mean, Tannehill and Kyler uh, Murray are way better than them. I'm, they're 2-1, and one, but I'm pretty disappointed in how the Vikings look. They got pretty lucky to beat the Lions this past week. That pass, the yeah. Lions just Lions themselves. There was no reason the for them. Themselves. There was the no reason for that wide receiver to be so open. Jefferson's had two out of his first three weeks not be so great. I don't know. That's probably more of a Kirk Cousins thing. And one of them went up against Darius Slay, who's a beast. Uh-huh. But I feel like the Vikings, I think a lot of people thought they would challenge the Packers to possibly win that division. They are 2-1, and one, so they obviously still can, but they don't look like a 2-1 and one team. The Vikings look like exactly like the team I expected them to be. I expected them one week to be a team that could beat the Packers and a team that the next week – it takes a miracle play to beat the lions, you know, like this is exactly the team I, I expected. That's why I picked them to finish third to the Lions. They, but they play in new Orleans this coming week. No, no, no. That game's in London actually. Oh, it's in London. Okay. Never yeah. mind that. Yeah. It's been interesting. Well, game. lucky them. Cause I don't think they, I think they would lose in new Orleans in new Orleans. Yes. In London. I don't know, man. I kind of like about in London. Um, let's talk, let's talk about the old prediction that I'm loving right now. Think people in London, like you think people in London, like New Orleans cuisine, I hope they find out. <laughs> I hope the people in London boo the same because they know they're scumbags. Um, <laughs> I can't say anything good about the saints guys, unless that it's warranted and it has not been warranted so far. The f- prediction I want to talk about here, Ben, I'll, I, you know what? Screw it. I'll call him my just for the sake of the podcast. My Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. I, I, read, I said Jalen Hurts at 25 to 1 MVP. He's now down 6 to 1. Um, I said the Eagles, I gave him out at plus 170, at plus 250 as a max bet to win the NFC South or to win the NFC East. Um, yep. I, I, I love, I remember it. texting, I remember texting you saying the Eagles are plus 175 to win the division. I believe you took it. Yeah, I think you took it. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I took them a little bit at two fifty, and then when you texted me that, I took them again at one seventy. And then they kept dropping and dropping and dropping. Mm-hmm. Looking I mean, good. Oh yeah, it's looking very good. And then on top of that, I even recommended them at a play. Uh, my books didn't offer it, unfortunately, but I even recommended taking them to have the best record in the entire NFL. I mean, this Eagles yeah. offense with Jalen Hurts looks unreal. A.J. Brown is doesn't get enough respect for how good he is. This Eagles team, I mean, man, they look so good. It makes me so happy watching them play every single Sunday. I don't think a team's been more dominant than them in the first half in all their games. I mean, they just whooped everybody's ass in the first half. That Lions game was only close because of garbage time. Yeah, the Eagles look good. Um, actually, they look really good. Devontae Smith went off last week. Yeah, exactly. That's how good they are. I mean, everybody's goes off for them. Ben, any prediction you want to toot your own horn about? I feel like you got to have at least one we can right now. Well, the Eagles one I was obviously with you on, but I wanted to mm-hmm. save it for you because I did get it from you. Um, 
Oh, Lamar. Um, there we go. I, I, I said Lamar was going to have an Aaron Let's Judge type it. season. I said Aaron, Aaron Judge declined a contract from the Yankees. He said, I'm going to bet on myself. And now he's very close to creating history, he's trying to win the triple crown, and he's trying to get 62 home runs, which would be a Yankee record. Lamar Jackson is first in the NFL in passing touchdowns, and he's fourth in the NFL in rushing. This guy is – he's also – the Ravens have um, the sixth best in the entire league, like above average like yards per game and like efficiency on offense. And Lamar Jackson's accounting for 89% of their offensive yards, their positive yards. This dude is carrying them on the back once again. Their defense is also playing pretty well, which helps. Uh, well, kind of. It, it, it's creating some turnovers. It's kind of giving up some yards and points. But That's the Ravens' defense, though. This Ravens team does look good. I just don't – they got to get Lamar some kind of help in the running mm-hmm. game a little bit. Um, hopefully Dobbins can, can – Yeah. Yeah, can get more healthy, and, and that'll help. I'm not saying – I'm not saying we owe them an apology. The receivers look better than people thought. Rashad Bateman's playing a lot better. Mark mm-hmm. Andrews is very close to taking the best tight end in football title away from Travis Kelsey. They're they're one A, one B. This dude's a you see that one handed catch he had? Yeah, he's this dude's a freak. Nah. He, he's a freak. Um Ravens look really good. And they're a tough team to beat in Baltimore. Absolutely, Ben. Um quick MVP update odds. Josh Allen plus three hundred, Lamar Jackson plus five fifty, Mahomes and Hertz tied at third at plus six hundred. Predictions looking pretty solid there by me and Ben. I like. Same here. Um, Ben, anything else today we should talk about before we get up out of here, man? Falcons. Not that bad. <laughs> Look, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this team play. This is a lot better than watching that crap I've watched out on the field the last two years. So three and oh covering the spread. Hey, that's hey, what did I say? Good teams win, great teams cover the spread. Falcons, great team. <laughs> great, great team. That's all I have. Well, anyway, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in once again. Um, we will be back on Thursday. Thursday will be Strictly Picks Pod. We'll go through our best picks, obviously, the week. And then after that, we will give y'all – we'll talk about some of the bigger matchups, and then that'll be it. But once again, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Ben, it's a pleasure as always. Always, man. And talk we'll to you ta- soon. Talk to everyone again soon.